Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice P.M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday. It is December 12, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book on Bill's story. We're on page one. We're going to begin reading on the last paragraph, which begins 22 in a veteran of foreign wars. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Melissa C.K., the 12 traditions, Robin S.B. And the readers of the text today will be John K., Elaine T., and Mary H. Our newcomer greeters, Melanie C. Now, the conference um, IDs, uh, the share IDs, I'm sorry, which is a five-digit number from Monday, that's yesterday, December 11th, 2017, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,784. That's 10784. And this morning is Tuesday, December 12th, 2017, for our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,000. 787. That's 10787. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is, um, is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. Have a great day, everyone. I pass. And thank you so much, Melissa C.K. I will now ask Robin S.B. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Hi, um, the 12 Traditions of OA. It's Robin S.B. Excuse me. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, excuse me, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. I pass. And thank you so much, Robin S.B. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, Described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we resume our study of the big book and Bill's story. And John Kay is going to read and start on page 1, the last paragraph. John? John K. Star one to one mute. Hmm. Well, perhaps John K. is having some technical difficulty. How about Elaine T. If you can step up and read. Sorry about that. Oh, here he is. Good, good. I can I've been hear having, you now. It's so weird. I'm sitting there, and I hit star one and star one, and uh, this happened to me last week. Anyway, I so apologize. Well, <laughs> so you're here, I'm so a, that's good. I am a prisoner of technology, as we are all. Uh, my name is John Kiernan, recovered compulsive overheater in Los Angeles. Um, okay. 22 and a veteran of foreign wars, I went home at last. I fancied myself a leader, for had not the men of my battery given me a special token of appreciation. My talent for leadership, I imagined, would place me at the head of vast enterprises, which I would manage with utmost assurance. I took a night law course and obtained a, uh, employment as investigator for a surety company. The drive for success was on. I'd proved to the world I was important. My work took me about Wall Street, and little by little I became interested in the market. Many people lost money but some became very rich. Why not I? I studied economics and business as well as law. Potential alcoholic that I was, I nearly failed my law course. At one of the finals, I was too drunk to think or write. Though my drinking was not yet continuous, it disturbed my wife. We had long talks when I would still her forebodings by telling her that men of genius conceived their best projects when drunk that the most majestic constructions of philosophic thought were so derived. <laughs> um, so, boy, I tell you, when I read this about Bill, I, I can't help but see myself in some of this. You know, within these two paragraphs, I, I think it's, it's a perfect example of, of what I was when I came to the program, which was, you know, an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. You know, I fancied myself a leader, you know, someone grasping onto other people's approval to bolster himself, to convince himself he was okay. You know, you know, the, that line, um, I proved to the world I was important. You know, I remember saying almost those exact words when I was young. Now, now what did I really mean looking back? I, I, I was going to prove to myself that I was important, you know, that I was better than you. And why? Because I really didn't believe in myself. You know, deep down, I didn't think I was better than you. I didn't even think I was as good as you, you know. And it terrified me that you'd realize that someday and that I'd, that you'd, you know, you'd, you'd see I wasn't good enough. You know, and that base fear, that drove my addictions. You know, that gnawing hole in my soul, you know, that no, no amount of food or booze or anything could fill you know, but it didn't stop me from trying with that booze and food. Um, 
and and then I saw him further down about the school. First of all, talk about a compulsive personality. You know, law isn't good enough. Law and business isn't good enough. No, he has to study law and business and economics, you know. But, oh, I, boy, I could really relate to this kind of thing because I would try to myself, you know, to prove myself superhuman, again, as a way to reassure myself that I was good enough. And, and you know, my addictions also caused me a lot of performance problems in schools and in jobs just like Bill. And, and you know, like Bill, I, I, I was gifted with a good brain, so even a diminished capacity helped me sort of squeak by, you know. But my favorite line here is Bill telling Lois, men of genius had conceived their best projects when drunk. You know, I was trying to be a writer, and I had this glamorous belief that all artists were these tortured souls and needed to drink or eat, you know. But, you know, because of my lousy outlook of life, and yet, you know, despite all the drinking and despite all the self-sabotage, you know, Bill Wilson was an amazing person. You know, in the middle of the Depression, where lesser men were falling by the wayside, we read over and over how he kept bouncing back and bouncing back. And, and you know, a lot of people don't think about the fact that besides starting AA, Bill was a pioneer in stock market research. You know, it's talked about, you know. It's a huge part of the business today, but he was the first. But, you know, that'll be in later pages. But what makes this chapter work so well, and I think why so many people can relate to it, is not the specifics, but that underlying feeling, you know, the feelings of Bill, you know, that this this was a huge, this was a person with a huge God-shaped hole in him that he was trying to fill with something that he couldn't. And there's only one thing that really can, and that is, you know, some kind of a higher power to help us with our problem. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, John Kay. Okay, we're going to take a group of people that would like to comment on two paragraphs, starting on page one, the last paragraph, 22, and ending on the um, the ending of the first paragraph on philosophical thoughts that were derived. Who would like to be first? Or who would like to go next? Mary Jane Z. Ooh, I, I didn't get the first name. Mary. Mary. Mary Jane? Yes. Oh, got it. Okay, Mary Jane Z. And anybody else? Adam S. Janelle K. I got Adam. Adam what? S? Yes. Adam S. And then a woman? Janelle K. Oh, good. Nice and easy. Janelle K. Anyone else? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Okay. And one more for this group. Okay, maybe not just yet. So we'll start with Mary Jane Z. You're up. Good morning. This is my first time sharing on the line. I'm I'm very nervous but excited to do so. Um, what I've heard from that is I I actually married Bill. I'm I identified more with Lois there for a while. I married Bill because I didn't have any self-esteem and I needed somebody that thought that they knew what they were doing. So I tied myself to them. And then, after we had kids, I became Bill because I was going to make sure that I had the best kids in the world, that my kids were going to know languages and music and do everything. And I'd show everybody what a great person I was because I would have these superhuman children all the while feeling completely insecure and eating myself and controlling myself into oblivion. So um, 
It wasn't until I came into these rooms that I realized what I was doing to myself. And with that, I passed. Thank you. To you, Mary Jane Z, and I'm glad you stepped up to share. Welcome. Okay, Adam S., it's your turn. Hi, this is Adam. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi, Adam, compulsive overeater, and uh, thank you, John. I'm just uh, reflecting on that the way Bill starts his story is what it was like and then he'll go into what happens and um, kind of what it was like for him to be in recovery. And so how important it is for me to share and to remember that what it was like was I thought um, self-will, what I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't even know what self-will, anything else but self-will. It's the only language that spoke to me was I know better. And a certain type of determination of I can beat the game and figure whatever it is out. And it, it also struck me that he didn't get um, advanced in his disease till, you know, till he was, you know, he was uh, a, a married man. And even in the army, he was able to, he was able to contain it. And he wasn't, um, he wasn't tormented in the same way that he was as his disease progresses. So he had some successes, and which is, you know, I, 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 you know, one thing failure is hard, but success in some ways is even harder. And it invites for, you know, especially for people who are kind of pulling it off, right? You know, seemingly pulling it off. It's very hard to arrive at a place of, you know, accepting powerlessness and unmanageability, and it'll take us there. And I just want to say, for me, even. Um, even today, you know, when I get a resentment or when I get bothered by something, it has that flavor of I know better. And I can, you know, sit with that. That can sort of ruin me for a while. The difference is, is I know what it's like to not be willful anymore. And I've been great. Um, I'm a guy who is over 100 pounds heavy and, and uh, have been maintaining uh, a healthy body weight for for many years and abstinence for back-to-back for 19 years. And uh, I'm so grateful that I'm awake to the formula. I'm awake. I know what it's like to not be willful. And I couldn't, I didn't have a clue before. So thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you so much, Adam S. Okay, Janelle K., it's your turn. Can you hear me? I can. So this is also my first time sharing, and I'm also mm. extremely nervous. Um, I'm Janelle. I'm from Colorado, um, compulsive overeater, and I'm kind of at the beginning of my program. Um, but what really stood out to me was my talent for leadership, I imagined, would place me at the head of vast enterprises, which I would manage with the utmost insur- assurance. I um, have always made sure that I was the best at whatever I did. Um, if I wasn't going to be the best, I didn't do it. So I've never been an athlete, didn't even try. Um, went to school, did my schooling, got my master's, uh, did this with children, and um, always made sure that my schedule was so full that I, anybody would say, oh, she's stressed, and I could eat whatever I want because, you know, look at everything I'm doing. And um, I saw myself 
at the top of a pyramid in my last job that I quit on Friday. And here I am unemployed that I never, I never thought I would be here. And um, what stood out to me about reading this today is just that, you know, now I get to try and figure out what my program means to me and not worry about what others are, are thinking about me, really working on um, not trying to be the top and be the best at everything. Because, um, man, when I do that, when I try and make sure that everybody sees me as the leader and make sure that I am running the show, um, it's just an excuse to continue to eat. Um, I remember the whole passage about um, telling his wife that this is how how geniuses deal. Um, for sure, when I was working on all of my papers, it was, I need to have this food with me because otherwise, how am I going to write this paper, uh, which is ridiculous in hindsight. Um, but thank you for allowing me to share, and I really appreciate having this meeting today. Um, I pass. And thank you so much, Janelle, for having the courage. The first time we love new voices, too. All right, Kathleen O., please, it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Good morning. And Yes, we do love new voices. It's great to hear new people. So, you know, in the doctor's opinion, we learn that um, the problem is we have an allergy of the body, which creates this phenomenon of craving, and that explains why I can't stop once I start, and an obsession of the mind, which explains why when I can muster up enough willpower to go on a diet, I can't stay stopped. And then in Bill's story, you know, this story is our way to identify in, and boy, can I identify in. Um, You know, normal people don't have relationships with things like food and alcohol. (laughs) And you know, um, let's see. So I fancied myself a leader. Um, and then there's another thing with leadership there. So he's he's painting a picture of how he relied on himself. You know, this grandiose. Um, it drives him, and it drives him to the point of self-destruction. And I always fancied myself a leader. And I got a lot done, but I stepped on a lot of toes getting there. You know, a lot of manipulation, um, a lot of controlling, a lot of thinking, I knew all the answers. And, you know, it's the same thing with Bill. It's this ego, you know, in the second paragraph. um, You know, I I proved to the world I was important. Why not I? I, 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 you know, this this ego of an ego, I love the acronym for that, of easing God out. And, you know, this is really self-will run riot. Um, You know, he had to conquer. And, and, you know, telling his wife that, that you know the most um that the most majestic constructions of philosophic thought were so derived from drinking so you know he justified he was in denial he was rationalizing to justify being an alcoholic and you know i would come up with a bunch of that psycho babble nonsense too um so you know the the solution is in these pages and today i am so grateful that i have freedom from the food I have freedom from, I don't need to control and manipulate people anymore. I don't need to tell people what to do anymore. And there's a lot of freedom in that. It's like, oh, good, I don't have to be God. You know, it's already been filled, that job. I don't need to do it. And thank you, I pass. Thank you so much, Kathleen O. 
All right. Who would like to continue to comment on these two paragraphs? Marge N. Marge N. Nice and clear. Anybody else? Bethany E. Bethany E. Oh, you people are so kind to me today. Bethany E. Another person? Anybody else? Sherry KB. Sherry. Sherry KB. And anybody else? All right. I might take a little time. I might. All right. Um, how about Marge N? It's your turn. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning. This is Marge Ann from Oregon, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, and I just need to say again how grateful I am that I found vision for you. Um, it's amazing. The What I got out of these two paragraphs was I, 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 what I can do, what I can prove. And that has been my underlying theme that I can do everything better or I have this talent, um, I'm important, and why not I? And <clears throat> all of that I felt but yet I didn't have the discipline or willingness to do the things so that I could achieve that, thinking that that's what I, I needed to achieve. And um, I just realized how much ego and grandiosity has been in my life, and still to this day, but on a much lesser um, level, and um, I was always comparing myself, and most of the time I was less than, and occasionally I was greater than. But since coming to this meeting, I've been hearing this identify in, and um, I realized that I am great at identifying out, saying, oh, this doesn't apply to me, or I'm not like that because I wasn't willing to admit that I had a problem. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you. Um, this is amazing, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen O. Okay, Marge N., it's your turn. I, I just spoke. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, let's see. <laughs> no wonder I didn't even time the other per you. Anyway, Bethany E. Did I get that right, Bethany E? Maybe we'll call on her once more. Maybe she's having trouble. How about Sherry KB? Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful yeah. recovery compulsive I reader. Thank you so much for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And yeah, I like it that we're in Bill's story. Um, you know, I've been told that there's 120 eyes in Bill's story, and it's all about the eye. And you know, God's nowhere to be found in these pages so far. Um, it's all about the eye. It's all about. Um, you know, the disease, and, uh, you know, Bill had um, altered his path in life due to alcohol, and I know that 
I altered my life with the food, um, for sure. And um, I liked, uh, first of all, you know, the uh, warning here, and then also it said at 22. So I started thinking about, you know, where was I when I was 22 years old? And um, I wanted to be famous. I had some background in entertainment and acting, and I wanted to be famous. And, you know, I had a lot of some opportunities and um you know um i i lost those opportunities due to the food due to the fear uh due to the ego um and um you know but i thought i would prove to the world that i was important and what i realized is me having to prove myself showed me how i didn't feel like i was enough or good enough um i do can so relate to that and then he says here about um um uh, where does it say the, about the alcohol? Um, hold on a second, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, that alcohol failed. You know, he failed his law course. I, you know, I did a lot of things. I would use the food for courage. You know, some people said about um, food enhancement or whatever, but I know that I used food for courage, and I didn't get that until I got here. That was so interesting to me. Is that all these years? I just thought what was wrong with me, and I didn't realize that I was using the food for courage to live my life, to be comfortable in my own skin, although I had this false sense of believing that I I had. Um, And it said that, you know, my eating was not yet continuous. It disturbed my wife. I can remember as a kid my parents putting me on a diet when I was very young, and my eating disturbed them. Um, Forebodings, which means, you know, um, disturbing, fear, uh, bad things to come, and projecting there. And so, um, you know, he he goes through this whole thing where he has this this false sense that he can do anything. And I did, too, if I had the food. If I used the food, I could do things. If I didn't, I isolated and I would be in a bench. And this is where I can relate to him because he was, you know, food was taking control, but I didn't even realize it um, because of this, this belief that I had of the ego, which for me is edging God out. And with that, I pass. Thank you. May I be heard? Hi, this is Bethany E. Can I be heard? You can, Bethany. Go ahead. Hi, thank you. Hi, I'm Bethany E. I'm compulsive overeater. This is also my first time to share, which is my technical issues. I... When I read this part of Bill's story the first time, I think it was my first moment where I really identified in because I am an achiever. When I was younger, I got a lot of messaging from the people in my family and the people in my life that I wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. Loneliness would kind of come over me and I would think, oh, well, they'd want to be with me if I was great, right? So I worked really hard. I was the best kid. Um, my parents had two really troublesome children, and I wasn't going to be that kid. I was the best kid. I was the only one that went to college. I'm the only one that got their master's degree. I, I worked really, really hard and always have. I was in sales for a very long time, so I worked really hard to just make sure that I was always the best. And the more I achieved, the more value that I had, but that was always really fleeting for me. And what I didn't realize is that that solution that I came up with that really wasn't working because I was using it just like I was using the food was I was 
assuming that onto my own child. And so, of course, me, this achiever who always wins, I, um, I have this child who has developmental disabilities. He has ADHD, um, among maybe a couple more things we're discovering. And thank God for this program, because right as we discovered it, I was in program. And I looked at this kid, and I apologized, because I was beating this kid up emotionally and verbally pushing and pushing him thinking he was lazy thinking he didn't want to be better and what I learned through all of the testing we went through is that this kid's working really hard just to get where he's at and so it was completely a weight lifted off of me but a lot of clarity to know that this isn't something that I have to do for myself and I don't have to push it on my kid either so like Bill I was an achiever and it still didn't get me anywhere. And so I'm thankful for this program that I don't have to do that to earn my, my value anymore. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you once again, newcomer, new voice. Love to hear it. Is there anyone else that would like to share at this time? Okay, I did put my name down, and, of course, I have this privilege. So here I am, Janice PM. Um I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Boy, there is so much identification in here. Now, of course, you know, now I know that if you're new and somebody and you get recovered and somebody asks you to tell their story, this is a good guide. I can put the name, the title of this story, Janice's story, because a story has a beginning and it has an end. And so when I tell my story, I tell and I carry the message of what I was like, what happened, and what I am like now. See, a story has a beginning and an ending, and the ending is what I want to, you know, the ending is what, there has to be an ending or there's no story. Okay, so now, of course, identifying, I'm going to identify how Bill thinks, how he feels, and he drinks like I ate, the same thing. So um, now I'm identifying, I'm relating to Bill. I'm not comparing because that's what I did when I came in the rooms. Oh, you have diabetes. That's why you lost 100 pounds. That's why you don't eat sugar and flour. Um, I would, you know, compare myself. Well, I don't have diabetes, so I don't have to do that. Well, all I had to do was add the word yet. You know, always trying to compare myself out of this program because I was unique. I was different. And, of course, you know, oh, I'm not like that. First of all, I'm not a, a man. I'm, I'm a woman. So, I mean, and I wasn't in the foreign wars. I didn't go in the wars. But, boy, I had all the same emotions that Bill had, the pride, the egotism, the grandiosity, the superiority, and especially the pride. And pride comes before the fall. I thought I was a big shot. I really did. Because at 21, 22, I graduated college. And uh, I thought I was, oh, I have it all made because my father owns a, um, a daycare business. And I would go right into the the directorship. So, I mean, that was a pretty good deal, right? But then I got married and had a child. And um, it didn't turn out like I wanted it to be. I didn't want the I didn't want the responsibility. I was too selfish, 
And, you know, in my culture, they say you marry your man, and the way to his heart is to, through his stomach. So that gave me great license to eat and cook and bake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, you know, I could have gone into a public school, but I was full of fear. You know, I really knew that I wasn't good enough, that it's, I, I found the easier, softer way to work for my dad for ease and comfort. You see, we were always trying to manipulate, but it's a lie to myself. And then, of course, it boomerangs on you. But anyway, you know, I'm not a bit like that today. Well, no, I shouldn't say a bit because I'm not perfect. But, you know, uh, the steps have helped me such a long way. And with that, I'm going to pass. Anybody else that would like to share? This is Robin Joe B. I would like to share. Please, Robin J.B.? Is that what you said? Robin Joe. Robin Joe. Okay. Anybody mm -hmm. else? Why don't you go ahead, Robin? That'll be fine. Thank Katrine Thank you so A. Much. All right. We'll take Katrine. Katrine A. H. Thank you, Rob. H. Okay. Good enough. Robin J. Is that it? Robin Joe. Robin Jill. Yes. Okay, Robin Jill, please go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Robin Jill B. I'm from Missouri and uh, gratefully recovered compulsive. Um, um, yeah, compulsive eater. Um, and um, you know, but, and that's totally by God's grace and for His glory. Um, but this is so interesting to me um listening i listened to the two first meetings too this morning so um and and i'm i'm really quite um surprised at hearing how many of us are relating to bill ab about um you know wanting to be um uh, wanting to be a success and striving and going to show them and and really digging in and and working for it. I am so surprised, really, uh, to hear that because that is so totally not me. Um, and I, I just didn't realize that until this morning. And um, I mean, that that's maybe. Um, I think you know what I think. I took my step one. A long, 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 long time ago. I think I always knew I was powerless, and I just get laid down and gave up. I didn't. Um, it that did not. Um, that did not motivate me to um, to strive. It just. Um, it, uh, pretty much. I think it just kind of killed me. I have a twin brother, and I. Um, I think I just always, from from the very get go, thought that. Um, boys were better than girls and so there was a strike and then um you know I was chubby and he wasn't there was two and then I had curly hair the um you know the cursed curly hair oh my gosh she's got curly hair oh you know and um so I just have <laughs> really felt um if I felt uh, like a success at anything, it was, um, I felt like I was a success at being the biggest loser. Um, and, and I know that sounds, um, that's grandiose in its, in, in its own way. I know that, um, that false, um, pride thing or, or, um, whatever, uh, that is, but, 
Um, this is really just uh, causing me to do a lot of thinking. I, you know, I even had a sign in my kitchen that said, I ate my willpower, you know. Um, you know, let me make fun of myself uh, so you don't have to. Um, and so anyway, I just really appreciate this meeting, and it's just really making me think. I'm going to do a lot of um, uh, a lot of praying and, and meditating on this today, and I just want to thank everybody, and uh, with that, I will pass. Well, thank you so much, Robin Jill B. Okay, we have Katrine H. You're up. This is Katrine H. in Vermont. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Um, so it's it's interesting to me because um, I've been listening the last, well, I listen three or four times a week if I can, and um, today's comments, at first I didn't think I had anything to share, and then I realized, yeah, I do actually because, you know, I've I've spent a huge amount of time identifying out of the program and now I'm really working at identifying into the program. And I can totally identify with Bill. First of all, we're both from Vermont, so I, like, you know, make that an immediate connection. Um, he He's an overachiever, so am I. He wants to prove, you know, how, fa- you know, it's almost like being famous, being a leader, being well-known. That's what I wanted when I was younger. I've wanted it quite a bit all my life until I got into recovery, probably. You know, I wanted to be a famous singer, and um, I've spent a lot of energy on, on proving to everybody, particularly my family, how capable I am, how competent I am, you know, uh, I've got, I'm the only one in our family that has a master's degree. You know, I'm an overachiever. You know, my partner jokes about me being an overachiever and asks our dog if he's also an overachiever like his mother. And so it's kind of like, yeah, it's clear. Um, and, you know, I I have had a lot of resentment about not accomplishing some of those things. And yet I when I think back about it, you know, like someone else said earlier, I didn't have the discipline and the courage to do it. So I had all these grandiose ideas, but I and all these big ideas, but I but I didn't have the confidence necessarily to really do it. So my big, you know, my big hoo-ha, my big fluff is, you know, was all about proving I'm incredible but thinking that I'm really not on the inside. Um, that I'm not good enough on the inside, basically. So um, so I really relate to the reading today, and I'm so grateful for the meeting, and I am almost 90 days abstinent. I'm still abstinent, um, and I'm so grateful for my abstinence, and I can now understand, you know, what people mean when they have said, my, you know, their abstinence is so important in their lives. It is for me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you for sharing, Katrine H. Okay, we still have time. Who would like to be next and share on page one, the last paragraph? Lori B. Los Angeles. Lori B. No, O. Ray B. O. O. Ray B. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anybody else? We can take a couple. Okay. Why don't you go ahead? 
Yeah, this is Ori being in Los Angeles. And, uh, man, this is, like, reading this part of Bill's story, like, it's so me to a T at this moment. I'm so uncomfortable right now because, like, that's just been my life, just out to prove that I'm important. But at the same time, having a feeling of just knowing how unimportant I feel and how insignificant I feel and inferior I feel. And um, today, some just over 16 months of food sobriety, and I'm having the cleanest experience that I've ever had. Um, and you know, looking back on my history in OA, part of my part of my uh, my routine was getting abstinent, uh, getting you know some form of abstinence, um, losing some weight, and getting on with the business of proving that I was important in life. My dream was to be a rich rap superstar mogul um, and to have all the girls. Like, that was kind of like a juvenile way of looking at life, but that's what I wanted. I wanted to be rich, I wanted to be handsome, and I wanted all the women. And I wanted to be important, um, and I wanted to be above my fellows and be a leader of industry. I wanted to be like Puff Daddy or, (laughs) you know, Dr. Dre or something like that. And... um, this time around, I'm seeing that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm starting to open up to the possibility that maybe that's part of the problem. And this is like a revolutionary prospect of, you know, like, you know, living without that. Like, I, that's been me for so long. So, like, how else, I'm, how else am I going to be? And uh, it really is uncomfortable. And I, I don't know of another way of living if I'm not out there trying to be the best at everything that I can, you know, it's like, even in my job today, it's just like, I want to be the top dog. I want to be the one making the decisions. I want to be the one, you know, I just want to be the man. And um, I'm kind of tired of my own stuff right now. I'm tired. And uh, I don't know, it's just an uncomfortable process. And uh, it does, it is comforting to hear so many people say that they suffer from this, but it's also a scary prospect um, like I said, to 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 consider just be or just even be open to another way of living. It's just like I've been this way for so long. It's just like how how else can I be? Um, so anyway, thank you for letting me share, and uh, everyone have a great day. Bye bye. And thank you so much for sharing. Okay, we still have time. Who would like Charles to H? Oh, Charles. Good morning to you. Anybody else? Good morning. Not yet, and Nadia, let's probably take two and a half minutes. Um, I think hey, hey. You know what, I'm going to concede and let them rock. I'll pass. Oh, Charles, okay. Hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, wait a minute. Um, who was that, the last one? Say H. Say H. All right, two and a half minutes apiece, and that'll be great. Nadia B. Thank you so much, Janice, and please time me. Um Thank you for your service. Um, What strikes me here is that all this, you know, um, description that um, Bill presents, um, I can definitely see it right today um, so much better than when I was um, when I was doing it. It was so normal to me. It was built into my psyche, into my consciousness, and um, I could not um, see it. Um, and um, why I was doing this, it's, it's not that it didn't work, right? It's just um, that 
I didn't really want to do all this stuff. My motives, my motives were not, um, you know, I just had no choice. I had to prove myself to the world because I had this type of thinking that, um, you know, that I was lesser than for some reason if I don't get to those goals. If, if I don't get, you know, that next uh, college degree or that next house or that, ne- that, that husband that I really wanted or, you know, that amount of money um, that I needed in the bank, um, that would drove me, that idea of um, those ideas, those principles were embedded in me. And that's where it all started for me. Why not I? And, um, you know, on the contrary, where program, what program helped me with is, you know, it, it was almost like a programmed in me. And that's why I needed a different programming. In, in, you know, my brain, in my brain, I needed some rewiring. And that's what, why I needed this higher power to rewire my brain, really. And that's what happened to me as a result of okay, working time. the steps okay. best. And Can Faye I call your H? time? Yes, Faye H. You have about a minute, dear. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay. I just, uh, I'm a grateful recovering um, overeater. I'm close to being recovered. Uh, I just wanted to say, identify with what everybody's saying and with Bill. And uh, I grew up angry that I was uh, born a female because I thought I was a lesser species on this earth. And so I spent the whole time trying to prove that I was good as the men and and it just like it just went on and on in different degrees and all that. I just identify. But what I finally understood, I was, I'm an artist and I thought I have to be the best. I have to be better. And what's happened is through this recovery, I don't have to be the best. And what's happened is I've actually got, I'm out in the world now in an area that if I weren't in, excuse me, if I weren't in recovery, I wouldn't be where I am today because I'm taking what's out there, what God has given me, and I'm happy with it. And I have a friend who's saying, you're better than that. You can be better than that. And I'm sitting there going, this is what I've thought all my life to get to be one among and be out there and happy. And so I'm happy today because I'm in a a place that is not about ego. It's it's about being out in the world. And so I appreciate that this is where this program is leading me. And it is a God we are, you know, I do appreciate it. So there are paths. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being kind, everybody, and thank you, Charles H., for your kindness. All right, Uh, everyone that shared, I thank you. So um, now we will ask for a reading uh, by Elaine T. from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Would you please do that? Our book is meant to be suggestive only, Elaine. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elaine T., I'm uh, recovered just for today in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. And we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.